I'm Tammy Virgin in San Antonio, Texas for Sinclair Broadcasting. This is another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. I've been in the country my whole life. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't let, they're not going to run me off. Anyway. But, I mean, it, it is completely different. It is. You, you have a pistol on you now. Yeah. yeah. You don't just, you can't just walk out and look for arrowheads or, you know, this time of year, the deer are dropping their antlers and we go out and look for the sheds. We don't do it without a pistol. By now, most people have heard it. It's all over the news. May 11th, May 11th, May 11th. May 11th will be the end of Title 42. That is when it is supposed to be lifted. That is when Border Patrol right now is preparing in San Antonio for the next three days, having conferences on how they will handle the number of people that are expected to come across the U.S. border. Every county is different, and we are all experiencing this influx of immigrants coming into the United States. If we're having a hard time right now, after May 11th, it's gonna be a disaster. The governor of Texas last week during the sheriff's coalition, the Texas Border Sheriff's Coalition, not only spoke to sheriffs here in Texas, but others that came in to hear what he had to say. The future immediately ahead of us calls for us to elevate our collaboration and cooperation even more. We're gonna be stressed and, stress and strained in ways that we've never been tested before. They're expecting anywhere between 18,000 and 19,000 migrants to cross the border. That is the border states, including Texas, California, Arizona, New Mexico. So what will happen? Where will they go? Well, the big problem now that not many people have talked about, and I actually ended up doing an interview and a story on, was the ranchers. They reached out to us from counties out west like Zavala, Maverick, Valverde. We're kind of no man's land and it's very hard. Well, it's you cannot get Border Patrol out here any longer because they're busy processing and taking care of. We went and visited with Johnny and Priscilla Parsons. They own the Parsons Ranch out in La Prior, Texas. Their family has owned this ranch since 1922. So the Parsons are also dealing now with the human smugglers that are coming through. They go right through their fences, they cut their fences, they allow their cattle out, and they also scare them. There's times that they have woken up to find people standing behind them when they go outside to see what's going on. So we talked to Priscilla and Johnny Parsons out at their ranch in La Prior, Texas. How long have you all lived out here? Life. On the ranch here since 02, 2002, we've lived here. And we've been around Crystal City and Crazy all our life. Have you ever seen it like this? No, ma'am. Never. Never. What's, what's the difference now between now and back when you first moved out here? The numbers. The numbers, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. We used to be like the high fence, you'd see maybe where one person crawled over. Now it's every post, and it's torn up, and the wires are broke. I mean, it's just that many people. And the trash. And before, when they would come through, when we first, you know, moved here, you know, here on the ranch, they wanted a little water. They wanted to know where, you know, different towns were. They wanted work. Now it's, it's 
totally different. Destructive, steel. Do you think some of that is the smugglers? I think it's, I think some of it's the smugglers and some of it is the type of people that are coming across. Mm -hmm. yeah. That are embedded in the groups. I mean, there are some bad people in, in those groups. There's a lot of good people, don't get me wrong. I'm not, it's, but there's a lot of bad people. Yeah, a lot also. of bad people. Um, tell me, talk to me about your ranch. So do you have cattle? <laughs> do you have hunters come out? T tell me Both. about, it's a working ranch. Yes, yes ma'am. Okay. Talk to me about your ranch. Well, run the cattle, and what, you're constantly afraid. You know, somebody run, running through a fence in the middle of the night, cattle get out on the highway, and then I'm in trouble. And it's, you know, the hunters, too. I mean, the, the hunters are scared to, come, to even come out sometimes. I mean, they, they hear all these people, and they, 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 they don't want to be here. Well, and they've seen people. Yeah, they've, they've seen been in a, They've been in a blind, <laughs> and they've seen. And that's, that's scary. For them, uh -huh. well, for us too. But. Well, I bet. I mean, and you live out here, so what's it like at night? I mean, is that something that you're very aware of? The fact that there's people going to be walking, you don't know who's going to jump out. Very much so. We we have eight dogs out here, and uh, I never wanted dogs in my house, but we have two dogs that stay in the house just so we can sleep. Because I, I found myself you know, with one eye open. And you know, if somebody makes a noise and tries to get in, the dogs are gonna alert us. We have cameras that we never had before. We had, you know, area cameras where we can look and see what's going on if the dog's barking so we don't have to walk outside. When we first moved out here, if the dogs barked, I thought, oh, well, it's a skunk or it's, you know, and I would go outside. If he wasn't here, I'd go outside the shotgun. There's no way I'll go outside now. <coughs> You know, if, if it's a skunk, so be it. <laughs> you know, or a rattlesnake, you know, so be it. Because I will not go outside by myself. Everything has changed so much. I mean, it's, it's nothing like it used to be. I mean, is it still enjoyable to be out here? No. I mean, I'm, I've been in the country my whole life. I mean, I'm, I wouldn't let They're not going to run me off anyway. But, I mean, it, it is completely different. It is. You, you have a pistol on you now. Yeah. Yeah. You don't just, you can't just walk out and look for arrowheads or, you know, this time of year, the deer are dropping their antlers and we go out and look for the sheds. We don't do it without a pistol, you know, and we don't do it alone. I, I in the mornings, I wouldn't hesitate to take my cup of coffee and walk around and, and look. There's no way. You know, no so way. I wait till he's home. Life. Yes. Yeah, it's changed your life. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Um, let me ask you, and I'll just say law enforcement. So you guys have law enforcement that live on your property. Yes, we do. How has that helped you? It's helped because there's a presence. There's in and out, and uh, he has friends, and they come to visit, and people notice. A, a lot of people notice, and it's helped. There are some basic trails that come through the ranch, and one of them isn't used as much since this has happened, you know, since we've moved him here. That's helped. Now there's two areas where they go through mainly. And that's, that's helped a lot. Plus peace of mind. Of course, he works nights a lot, so he's not here, but still. Yeah, but you have <coughs> yeah. Some, some presence. Yes. But I mean, when you're talking about the smugglers, they're very smart. Oh, oh definitely. They know the area. 
So now they know that ranch has law enforcement that lives on property. <coughs> yes, and that, is, that has helped. That has helped a lot. And, and you know, our county, uh, there's 20 deputies. This is what, over 1,300 square miles. Uh, there's no way 20 deputies, even 24 seven, you know, these guys have got to sleep. They've got to do something. They can't cover this whole, whole county. And thank goodness, you know, uh, a lot of people are not happy with our governor, but we appreciate all of the DPS that he has sent to our area. We definitely appreciate it. That has helped tremendously. And here, you know, in this location, like I was saying earlier, we're, we're kind of no man's land. There's a kind of a line that goes actually through the ranch. And one side is the Carrizo Springs Border Patrol Station, and the other side is the Uvalde Border Patrol Station. And it's very hard. Well, it's, you cannot get Border Patrol out here any longer because they're busy processing and taking care of. <laughs> what do you think is gonna be the solution? <laughs> is, is there really a solution to all of this? Uh, I think holding people accountable. You know, I have a friend that um, they had a bailout and they managed to catch the driver. He had been caught four times. Yeah. Four times. <clears throat> Booked, put in jail, released yeah. four times. That should not happen. That should not happen. How old is he? I don't know. I don't. I didn't get Definitely. an age. Was he a minor? Because I'm, I'm seeing a lot of. No, minors. I don't believe he was a minor. Okay. Yes, I understand the minor. This mm -hmm. no. This was an older, older person. But four That's times. That's what they're going to have to do something about that. The drivers, and as long as they know that they're going to get in trouble, they're not going to do it so easily. Maybe a stiffer penalty by the state. Oh, I mean, the legislature is in session right now. So they could very easily change, you know, change the penalties for it. Do you think that would help? I think that would that would be a first step. How's that? That would be a first step. Uh, just the whole processing. The good people are going to check in at the border. They're going to be processed. They're going to. But when they are checked in, <coughs> then let's let's give them some type of work visa, because once they're in. They can't work. Hey, what are they going to do? You know, their their hearing may not be for what five months, six months. So where are they going to live? How are they going to eat? That makes no sense to me. To allow these people to come in, but then not let them contribute. I don't understand that. I really don't. Yeah, it, it seems <laughs> like a lot of the laws are not very comprehensive, and they don't work together. It's exactly. like they're very disjointed. Exactly. Okay, um, how ready are you? And in Title 42, it's a policy, it's a band-aid. That is not a permanent, that has been a band-aid. Mm -hmm. Because no one up in DC can sit down and work with each other to figure this out. And the laws that we have are there, but we need to revamp the system. So when Title 42 ends, because everybody's expecting it to end, CBP is talking about 5,000 a day. Yeah. yeah. Mm. What do you, are you guys gonna be able to handle it for the people that have to still come under the radar or choose to come under the radar? What are you gonna do out here? Well, you know, you say 5,000 a day, but I, I just read we're over 200,000 for the fiscal year for just this sector. Over 200,000 are gotaways. 
That's they, they came through you know, October 1st. Since October 1st. Yeah. And those are just the ones accounted for on the cameras. The ones they saw on camera. That's, and they know they got away. And, and then I just, 284 uh, terrorists have been identified since October 1st. How many got through? How many got through? I, you, you I'm would, at a loss. <laughs> I know. You would think that there would be a little bit more done out here, more, you know, manpower brought out here. Helicopters, we talked about oh, we that do. last week. Because I think you all share one helicopter for the counties right around here. I believe so. I mean, there's just, like you said, manpower, there's just so much. But... <clears throat> I don't, I don't know. I mean, even more manpower. What are you going to do with them when you catch them? There's, there's not enough prison space. There's not enough processing. You take them processing. You take them, put them back across the border or take them up and they come back. So something needs to change. And the feds, they're going to, the feds are going to have to do something right now. I mean, the, the BP cannot do anything. You know, they're, they're not letting them. And used to be years ago, they were everywhere. You, know, you could drive from here to your valley and you'd see four or five. Oh, on know. the ranch. Yeah, at yeah. night, in the middle of the night, they'd come in here. They would come in and patrol, you know. Yeah, and you, just, you don't see them anymore. Yeah. Okay. That's Talk to me about what you were saying. You know, when you guys <coughs> threw up here, did you have to worry about bailouts? Did you have to worry about being in <laughs> lockdown at your school? Oh, no. Nah. No, not at all. There was none of that. And, and the lockdowns, you brought up the lockdowns. Uh, I feel sorry for these kids. You know, they're, uh, the schools are immediately put on lockdown when there's a bailout in, in Crystal City or Batesville or La Prior. What is going through, especially the younger kids' minds? You know, the Uvalde tragedy, just, I can't imagine the stress that these kids are feeling and the anguish. It, uh, that's gotta be hard. It's gotta be hard for the teachers. So. And the driving, I mean, can you imagine? I, I'm sure you have grandkids, 16-year-old gets their license, they're driving, and all of a sudden you have a chase. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I know it's scary for us at our age. <laughs> so I can't even, yeah. <laughs> you see them coming, you drive down the highway, sometimes they all the flashing lights. You just kind of pull over and get out of the way. Yeah. <coughs> Hopefully they don't hit you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's... What are your, how many children do you have? We have two, <coughs> a son and a daughter. Our son lives in Carrizo Springs and he has the same problems we have. He lives out in the country, same problems we do. And our daughter lives in San Antonio. I was gonna ask, I mean, um, this is part of their legacy. Yeah. Definitely. Do you think <coughs> it's gonna be something they can sustain if things continue this way someday? I think they're, they're de very determined and <coughs> I think they will figure out a way. It'll hard, be hard. They're not going to run them off. No. They're both hard-headed, so. No. <laughs> I don't know where they got it. No idea. <laughs> uh, and tell me about the cattle. So what happens to the cattle? Because you guys are mentioning with all the backpacks, the trash, and everything else, <clears throat> what happens to your cattle? How does it affect it? If, I mean, like a, a calf or a cow or something pick up a water bottle, an empty water bottle, start chewing on it, they, they can choke on it. I mean, they, they, it can't go down, and it'll kill them. And all of the junk that they're picking up and eating, and it, it's just not good. 
and when there's a bailout in the in the fence, if you know if we're not aware of it, because sometimes we're not aware of it. We had uh, fence knocked down probably about three weeks ago. No one was chasing this individual. They were coming through no. branches. They were just taking. They had somebody was looking at a GPS map, and they were just following it. And they came through, came through the fence. We nobody knew it until the next day when we, you know, our uh, worker found it. We didn't know it. The cattle could have gotten out. Well, if they'd gotten on the highway and, and God forbid, a young family had been killed because they hit our cow, we would be the ones responsible. It's, it's like the repairs. Uh, some of these ranches, it's astronomical, the numbers that, uh, you know, of fencing and, and gates and stuff that they've had to do. Just, just us. We're, we were talking about it earlier. We're just estimating between 35,000, 40,000 that we've had to put out from uh, beginning probably about January 20th, 2021. Yeah. In repairs. In repairs. Repairs yeah. and, you know, the expenses. Just, I mean, even Bobby uh, every day, he burns up two to three hours checking fence and if he has to fix anything. That's every day. Every and, I mean, he, he could be doing something else. And... Now all this going on, he can't even help me with uh, my heavy equipment because he has to be here most of the time. Yeah. What does it mean to you living out here? I mean, people <coughs> far away have a different image of Texas, New York City. I mean, everywhere else, <coughs> they have a different image of what Texas is. What's Texas and living in the country for you so close to the border? It's all I know. <laughs> I've done it my, my whole life and I love it. I mean, I love Texas. And I love everything about it. Even yeah. this, you know. <laughs> I don't ever leave. That's true. I invite them to come stay with us. Somebody wants to come and see what it's really like. Yeah. That's. We'll let them. Friends, that's it for another edition of Immigration Crisis, the fight for the southern border. In San Antonio, Texas, I'm Jamie Virgen for Sinclair Broadcasting.